Before the name Electric City, there were other names, and before those names there were no names at all. The river carved itself into the valley, remembering everything. Pines thickened and pushed against the sky. Autumn went dark, then ghostly, freezing into the hibernation of winter. Spring resurrected the landscape and the creatures that filled it, painting the scenery back to life. Summers shimmered with wet heat until fall erupted into a riot. The story repeated and repeated, the same and yet not the same, year in and year out. The Hudson was known as the river that flows both ways, or Moheyankatuk, and sometimes simply the river, as though the only one. Tributaries were referred to by their outer banks, shadowed by the trees best suited for canoe-making. There was Shanatade, water beyond the pines, and also Andiatarokte, or here the lake closes, later, much later, to be known as Lake George. Seneca, Cayuga, Onondaga, Oneida, and Mohawk people braided themselves into a confederacy with the name Haudenosaunee, building longhouses beneath the great evergreen tree, making shelter under the deep-rooted pine with its eagle hovering above. The collective of voices agreed to put down the weapons of war and let the waters wash them away. Even when the longboats watched the arrival of the Van Curlers, curiosity became regret only after it was far too late. Surely there were meat and fish and grain enough to feed all of them, enough flat ground for planting on, enough wide sky to worship toward. We know you have arrived and are not leaving. Tribal arguments were as old as the mountains, but those wounds always healed eventually, when tended with proper care, blessed and forgiven. Now these darker-skinned and lighter-skinned alliances gave way once again to wars, followed by burying of the innocent and the guilty side by side. Uneasily borrowing each other's language, awkward hesitations and gestures filling the spaces in between the mispronounced words. The longboats and van curlers negotiated dividing, took turns being the teacher and the student. It was at first strange and then common to call places by the names of people instead of using words to describe nature belonging only to itself. We know you have arrived and are not leaving. The wampum belt depicted a hopeful coexistence, white beaded rows flanking and separating the two purple beaded rows, to show it was possible for vessels to travel freely in both directions. Shards of freshwater clamshells, purple and white, represented generations of voyagers, European ships, and Iroquois canoes. Still, One truth told its story over and over. Whatever the earth gave, it could also take away.